final word. Good evening, I'm Alvy Oxenrider, and welcome to The Final Word. This is the show that allows you to be part of the conversation. We're live tonight, and we're, we're live, and you know what happens when we're live. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome the afternoon host at 105.9 VX, Mark Madden. Albie, there is only one path the Penguins can take before tomorrow's NHL trade deadline. They have to trade all their bad players for all the other team's good players. And from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Dan, are you there? Oh, come on, Albie. I'm busy here, man. <laughs> trade deadline is going on here. Jeff Carter? Seriously? Jeff Carter? And from the trip, Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. Albie, I'm really happy for the Pirates. They got a bunch of hits and a bunch of runs against the Chicago Cubs over the weekend. But when Joe Musgrove comes into town and pitches on Wednesday night, Johnny Vandermeer, look out. Get ready for <laughs> Joey Vandergrove. <laughs> All right. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight. Five words on whether the Pens will finish in first place. The best thing you saw from the Bucks this weekend. The NHL playoffs, should everyone start at the same time? COVID scheduling has it up in the air. And should OTAs be virtual again? But first, the night's big topic. Yeah, Dan's still on his phone. The trade <laughs> deadline is tomorrow. Looks like a deal to bring Jeff Carter is all but done, except for the actual trade call. So is this a good move? Should the Penguins make any others if this one holds? Uh, Mark, start us off. Well, the word is they're trading two conditional draft picks to Los Angeles for center Jeff Carter. Uh, at a glance, I frankly don't like it. Ron Hextall, the GM, has said on several occasions that restocking the team's system is a necessity. Well, trading two draft picks for a 36-year-old center, don't do that. I'm not convinced they're a legitimate enough Stanley Cup contender to make that deal. And even if they are, I'm not convinced that Jeff Carter is the guy that could put him over the top. And what worries me further is getting Jeff Carter strikes me as hedging their bet as to whether Evgeny Malkin and his knee problem are going to return at all this season. DK, what do you think? Well, it, it's tough. It's, it's got a lot of layers. Everything that Mark just mentioned and, and I'll throw this in, too. Uh, you have a team that's done a lot of good things lately, you know? Uh, and I understand some of it's been against the Sabres and the Devils and so forth, but they have figured out kind of who they are. I, I do appreciate and I have been advocating that they go and get themselves a third-line center and ideally create a third line that would allow the Teddy Bluger line to be the fourth um, I'd have to be sold on Jeff Carter. Eight goals in 40 games doesn't excite me. His shooting percentage, his shooting percentage, this is what he's always been known for is being a sniper, is down to 6.3. It's a career low for him. I don't, you know, you got to see him. You got to see how he fits in. All right, Tim. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that, Dan. I would say, though, if you draw a parallel to what we're all bugging out about with Kyle Palmieri going to the Islanders, I know Palmieri's played in a few fewer games than Carter has. The stats aren't entirely dissimilar, but I will say this before passing any judgment on this trade one way or the other, I got to know what the conditions are to those conditional draft picks specifically, and I got to know what the salary retention is on the other end for the Kings. All right, a reminder keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. 
Give us five words on what will be the deciding factor in the Penguins possibly finishing in first place in the NHL East. Uh, first to Facebook, Scotty says health plus luck wins division. From Twitter, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. And also from Twitter, if everyone is healthy soon. Now Mark, Dan, and Tim, five words. What will be the deciding factor in the Pens winning the division? Mark, lead us off. Production from the bottom six. In fact, that's been the primary reason the Penguins have gone on such a great run. I think their record is now 10-3 and three without Evgeny Malkin. That doesn't diminish what Malkin can mean to the team if and when he returns. But if you get that kind of production from the bottom six, such as Colton Sevior, who just got waived, cleared waivers, <laughs> dressed today and scored two goals, that bodes very well. Day in five words. Uh, honestly, it just doesn't matter. I, I can't find myself looking at the East Division standings and caring where the Penguins end up in that group as long as they're in the top four, not just in the cliched sense either. The Penguins are, are I, I believe the figure is 10 and four against the Capitals and Islanders combined. Uh, they've done extremely well against the teams that are right up there with them. At the same time, when you look at the Bruins, who are almost certainly going to be the fourth team, that's not a team that I'm knocking myself out to get into the first spot to play. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I just think they just need to keep playing better hockey, and where they end up is wherever they end up. Tim, five words. Keep playing solid system hockey. That's how they're going to keep winning. And I think the Penguins have wed themselves to that here, going back to very late February, early March. And they got to keep going on that path regardless of who they get at the trade deadline. If it's Jeff Carter or someone else, or if Malkin comes back, they got to keep playing the way that they have been playing. It helps the guys who are within that system, and I think it helps those two goaltenders as well. All right. Still to come, what was the best thing you saw for the Pirates winning their series against the Chicago Cubs? From Twitter, fans back at PNC Park. Well, the fans are back, at least in part, and the final word will be back right after this. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Tim Benz. Tim, what's the best thing you saw from the Pirates winning their series against the Cubs? I'll say starting pitching. Uh, I think the starting pitching the last two days in particular with Keller and Brubaker was encouraging. Even Anderson, the first game of the series on opening day at PNC Park wasn't awful. It could have been better for sure, but uh, I would say starting pitching, uh, especially with those two on Saturday and Sunday, and I'd, I'd add, add to that, Albie, what helped them out in that regard was scoring a lot of runs early. What was it? 7-1 to one or 7 to nothing after the first two uh, for Keller, and then Brubaker was out 3-1 to one after two, and then I believe it was 5 to nothing after four, so they were pitching with a lead as well, which helped. Alright, Ryan's comment could have also qualified for five words. Keller and Brubaker pitching good. And Dan, you're next. Yeah, and the thing with Keller and Brubaker is that they both matter. There's going to be guys who perform this year or who don't perform who either matter or don't toward the team's future. When I see Keller pitch the way he did uh, on Saturday night and then Brubaker go right at the Cubs in some tough situations today, look really aggressive, 
I also see Brian Reynolds come up with four hits today. Reynolds is looking a lot more aggressive at the plate. Kevin Newman, these are the guys that you need to see getting better. Even someone like Philip Evans, who's a little bit older but is technically a rookie, he's hitting 393 right now. Uh, let's say that you can turn that guy into a future trade chip. You can keep adding prospects into the system. You just need to see them keep getting better, especially the guys who matter. They had a terrific weekend over there. Mark, what's the best thing you saw? Uh, JT Brubaker pitched okay today and had three RBIs besides, so I believe he's the Pirates version of Otani from the Los Angeles <laughs> Angels. Mitch Keller didn't stink quite as bad. I suppose that's the best we can hope for given the spring he had. Listen, they stink and they're going to lose 100 games. And honestly, I find this question offensive. We're trying to manufacture optimism for a team we know is going to stink. Who's manufacturing anything? They won two games right in front of you. What, what was manufactured about that? Huzzah. I'm just Way saying. Way to go. I'm Beat them bucks. Just saying. The Penguins down to 14 games remaining in the regular season. COVID outbreaks have jolted the schedule across the NHL. So looking ahead to the playoffs day and should every NHL division start the playoffs at the same time, even if it means waiting for another division to finish? Uh, I don't know if I'd care as much about that as I would just about the general circumstances right now in Vancouver. And uh, that's a big topic of conversation up there. They're basically the league is forcing the Canucks to come back and play this super compacted schedule. Look, the stuff that we don't know about COVID in the long term, we have seen adverse impact uh, on team level and individual levels across sports when teams come back. The Canucks aren't even going to make the playoffs. So what, are, what is it that you're exactly delaying or trying to determine here? The lottery order? I don't understand it. All right. Uh, do you want them to start at the same time? Yes. Can't give another team too much of a break in the playoffs. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know about the advantage or disadvantage of a team getting a break or anything like that, but we see this stuff organically happen sometimes in the playoffs when one team sweeps and you're waiting for another team to finish a best of seven. It's happened before, so we can't act like this is utterly foreign. You know, the one thing that the NHL has to consider, though, is if you're having every other division wait for one division to catch up, it does potentially push the prospect into existence that teams in the other divisions that are waiting are they're going to have COVID cases arise while you're waiting to play. And then what have you done? All right. And Mark, given the Penguins injury situation, if uh, they would wait four or five, even a week, uh, four or five days, even a week before they start the playoffs, that might actually serve them okay. But I think it would be dumb to wait more than a week. To, to let teams sit idle to wait for Vancouver's division to finish games. Like Dejan said, Vancouver stinks. Uh, I, I guess they could theoretically still make the playoffs, but they're no threat to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, COVID has made this season unique in, in a lot of difficult ways, so let's just get on with the postseason. Well, Dan, the, the final regular season game for the Penguins is May 8th. Push it back a week, you're into mid-May before the playoffs even begin. Uh, does it even matter how late they go? I mean, this year? Uh, I mean, nothing matters this year, right? <laughs> Depends <laughs> when you want to start the next season. Yeah, that, that, that's it, really. Ultimately, you need to figure all this stuff out. And as I mentioned with Vancouver, there's now talk in Canada that the North Division will end up going all into the same spot and play in a bubble. 
uh, because of the additional problems. Canada's way behind on the vaccine. My goodness, won't it be great when we have something else to talk oh, about? Oh, they, right? they all just let the Canadians have their own version of the Stanley Cup. They want to they want to award the it's Stanley theirs, Cup to a, to, to a Canadian <laughs> franchise so bad. Just make it happen this way. The Stanley Cup ain't theirs. They ain't had it since 1993. Uh, and the Leafs haven't uh, touched it since 67, and they're not about to get it now. Yeah, and they got Nick Foligno. Let's there add, you go. Let, let's, let's add a loser to the big pile yeah. of losers. <laughs> now we're getting live. Let's jump into the Steelers for our last big topic. Do you agree with the Steelers defensive captain Cam Hayward's assertion that all offseason OTAs in the NFL should be virtual again this season, Mark? Listen, OTAs are not at all remotely necessary. The only reason NFL teams have them is to keep an eye on their players to make sure they're doing their offseason conditioning and, and to get new guys, rookies and so forth, a little bit broken in. But, but that's the only reason. It's not a good enough reason. If you want to do virtual OTAs, go ahead. But there really don't need to be OTAs at all. All right, back to Twitter. It went pretty well last year, although I do think it should be in person so they can get the chance to do their workouts in front of the coaching staff. Back to Dan. I don't understand why Cam would even bring this up. The Steelers players, and this is true of most NFL players, are already there. They're already working out at that particular facility. OTAs is just opening the back door and going out into the grass. Uh, I, I don't I don't understand the context here other than that I know some guys as they get older uh, in their careers they start thinking more and more about protecting the the union and everything else all right Tim you're up I feel like this is an argument of convenience isn't it like you want to say this now but then if the team gets off to a bad start we're going to turn around and blame the fact <laughs> that the OTAs yeah. were virtual I mean like, <laughs> I, I feel like this is one of these things where you write the narrative after the facts have been presented at the end of the season and then decide whether or not it was a good idea. So I mean, I'm all for getting back to normalcy as quickly as possible, to be frank with you. Juju uh, can practice dancing on his own, and that's what's important. All right. When we come back, around the horn on any topic, the final word is next. Welcome back. It's time for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Tim Benz, you're first. I had to laugh when I was listening to Juju Smith-Schuster on Michael Irvin's podcast, and Juju was ostensibly defending his logo dancing antics of midseason when he said, when I danced in Dallas and we won, nobody said anything. But people were giving me a hard time after I danced in Buffalo and Cincinnati and we lost. And to that I say... <laughs> yeah, Juju, you figured it out. Listen to yourself, because that's the answer. If you dance when you win, it's okay. When you dance in advance and you lose, you just make the losing look all the worse. You give yourself that opportunity to make it look even worse, and boy, did it. Mark, final word. Well, Juju's a punk and a clown, but that's not my final word. Uh, tonight was WrestleMania, which is the annual showcase event for professional wrestling, a.k.a. sports entertainment. And several years ago, WWE made the decision that it was going to push its brand as the primary entity, promote the brand. 
and not have any larger-than-life stars. What they have now is a bunch of above-average guys. And guess what? WrestleMania was no better than above-average. In fact, a lot of it was meh. Time to build some stars. Don't worry about the brand so much. The stars make the brand. Day and final word. Trevor Bauer, the $40 million a year pitcher of the Los Angeles Dodgers, is under a whole lot of suspicion and may be in trouble right now for doctoring baseballs. Umpires have confiscated several balls from his outings that were, uh, let's just say they were modified. Uh, he's the only player in the majors who, whenever baseball decided they were going to made vocal that they were going to crack down on this, spoke up against it, of all things. I'm happy to see baseball cracking down on cheating. I wish they had done that with the Astros, and I really wish baseball's pendulum would swing back to understanding that Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and all the steroids guys cheated as well. All right, thanks, The Mets guys. cheated Friday, and they let them get away with it. They won the game. What were the PSI on the balls, Dan? <laughs> I don't know about that one, Tim. Our final word now from social media. So good to be able to attend another Bucks home opener and perfect weather as a bonus. All right, make sure you're with Channel 11 tomorrow leading up to and then after the NHL trade deadline. Make sure you're checking out halftime adjustments as well every Wednesday night at 7.30 on our streaming channel, WPXI Now. Download the app and get the latest opinion midweek on Pittsburgh's hot button sports topics. And I want to thank a couple loyal viewers. You know, we're award winning and we're highly rated thanks to the viewers. Uh, Amanda and Quentin, uh, thank you for making the switch. And uh, we're glad you're here. That's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark, Dan and Tim and Quentin and Amanda. Thanks for staying up late with us. We'll see you next time.